Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and today's episode is going to be short and sweet and to the point. I've been thinking about, interestingly enough, something my mom said to me maybe about a year or so ago. I don't know what made me think of this, but when I started to think about it, and I'll tell you in just one second what that is, I realized that other people ask variations of this question, so I thought there was merit in answering it. And before I tell you the way my mom asked it, what I've heard from other people is, is there anything, and they're asking this question to me, given my struggle with obesity and yo-yo dieting and food obsession and binge eating, is there anything that in hindsight that somebody could have said to you or done to help you when you were a kid or when you were a teenager that maybe would have allowed you to avoid this struggle, made it so that you could have helped yourself then and lost the weight then and avoided years of depression and food obsession and increasing weight, could anything have made a difference if it had been done back then? And of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. but there are a lot of people who are now where I was then. I think some people ask because they are in that place now where they're looking for something that really clicks for them. And I think other people ask because they have kids or loved ones that they want to help and they want to know, is there anything that if you had heard it then would have made a difference? I know my mom asks because of the guilt that she carries. And the way she's asked me is, what could I have done differently? I loved you and I wanted to help you and I know that I did a lot of things that hurt you. What could I have done differently? Now, there's a litany of things that my mom could have not done and she knows that and I laugh about it because she and I laugh about it together like, hey, mom, how about you not lock up the food? How about you not take me to Weight Watchers as a seven-year-old or treat me so differently from the way you treated my sister or talk incessantly about my weight, make me weigh myself in front of you every single day? How about that? So there are lots of things that she could have done differently, but I don't know that they necessarily would have changed anything. Granted, if she had been 180 degrees different in her approach, I'm sure it would have made a difference, but hindsight is 2020 and who knows. But when I think about it, is there a skill set or a mindset that I wish I had then? And I think there is, and it's one that I'm still working on. So if I had had like a 20-year head start on it, would have made a big difference. But the skill set, the mindset, that I wish I understood at an earlier age is very simple. Simple, but not easy. And it is stop creating chaos in your own life. Now, I don't mean to imply that I was a holy terror disrupting other people's lives or that you are either. But 
By creating chaos, I mean the things we do in our own head with our reactions, the problems that we create for ourselves because of the way we respond to our own thoughts, to other people, to things that happen. Think about it this way. So often we eat, we turn to food or we turn to alcohol or for some people it's spending money or it's drugs. We do it often because we are stressed or emotional. And eating or drinking or spending money allows us to escape momentarily, but it allows us to escape. It allows us to soothe for a few moments and allows us to avoid what it is that we are feeling. It suspends reality for just a few moments. And then what we do is we work on changing our response to that stress or emotion So not turning to food or turning to different kinds of food, not turning to alcohol or just not as much alcohol, we look to change our response to that stress or emotion instead of focusing on what is causing the emotional reaction and addressing that. How am I, through my thoughts, through my focus, through my perspective, actually the cause of this emotion, of this stress that I then want to avoid? So that is the skill I wish I had learned. It's not that I needed to learn to cope with these emotions, whether it was my negativity or loneliness or stress. No, much of the emotion I was dealing with was because of chaos I was creating with my reactions. And it's funny, as I was putting some thoughts together on this topic and thinking through what I wanted to share with you and how I wanted to share it, course, I was wasting time on Instagram and saw a post from one of my friends and former mentors, Mary Shanuda. You might know her as the Paleo Chef. And she had posted this on her Instagram page. It says, the destiny of every human being is decided by what goes on inside his skull when confronted by what goes on outside his skull. I'll read that again because I think it's a big one. The destiny of every human being is decided by what goes on inside his skull when confronted by what goes on outside his skull. So basically, we are directing our lives in large part by the way we respond to what happens around us. You might not think of yourself as dramatic. I didn't. You might not think of yourself as someone who creates chaos. I didn't. And I think part of the reason we feel that way about ourselves is because we think it's normal. We think it's normal to get pissed off when we lose our keys. We think it's normal to get upset when dishes are left in the sink or the dishwasher door is left open or when somebody doesn't pull their weight at work or someone acts in an inconsiderate way or when we get stuck in traffic. We think it's normal to be super frustrated and disappointed and guilt-ridden and emotional when we overeat, or when we skip a workout, or when we oversleep. We think it's normal. It's not normal. And it's not helpful. We stir up these intense emotional reactions to everything, waiting in line, being on hold, sitting in traffic, overeating, whatever it is, we think it's normal to have these intense emotional reactions to every little thing. Now, I am not here to tell you emotion is bad. But come on. We react emotionally to every little thing and we are exhausted and we are fried and we are wired and we're always in a state of chaos. Death, 
illness, those kinds of like legit feel emotion. I have experienced deep, deep grief and it's merited. But does it have merit to be upset or frustrated or emotional about your food choices in a day or what somebody said at work or the fact that you had to wait in line longer than you thought you should have to or whatever it is, it is not normal to have these emotional and stress reactions to every dang thing. We key up, we dramatize, we intensify everything that happens in our reaction to it, in our thoughts about it. The house is a mess and we're frazzled by it instead of just seeing that the house is a mess and acknowledging, yeah, it's messy and I can either do something about it or not, but the house is a mess. No drama needed, no emotion needed. We don't need to take a situation and then make it emotional because of our thoughts about it. We've accepted it as the norm to get pissed off when we have to wait for a check at a restaurant or our coffee cup is empty and they haven't come back in five minutes. What's wrong with them? Or when we get cut off in traffic or we're running late when our pants don't fit, when we drink too much. We create chaos and drama in response to everything and think it's normal. And then when we want to silence it, when we want to suspend it, when we want to escape from it and we turn to something else, instead of focusing on the problem, we're like, well, how can I just stop turning to food for this? How can I just eat less food? How can I just put myself to bed instead of turning to food? No. Address the way you're responding so that you don't constantly have the need to self-soothe, to escape, to numb, to avoid. If I had understood this years ago and started to work actively towards being less chaotic in my thoughts and in my reactions, I'm pretty sure that would have put me in the driver's seat of my life a long time ago. Instead of spending decades riding the roller coaster of my emotional reactions to every freaking thing that happens. But I didn't know. I thought it was normal. I thought it was just the way people react. But it's not. And it's so powerful when you realize, hey, I'm eating in response to stress or anxiety or emotion or the need to just stop for a second. And that's not about the food. That's about you, right? You don't need to focus necessarily on not eating or eating less, but rather working on your reactions to the things that are causing distress or anxiety, that you're choosing stress and anxiety as a response to. Is it easy? No. Is it possible? Absolutely. First, by acknowledging that you are, in fact, creating chaos, that you're a bit dramatic, that it's not normal to be freaking out over every dang thing like misplacing your keys or having to work late or eating a sleeve of cookies or the toilet's clogged. Those things do not require an emotional response. You choose it because you're used to choosing it. But it's only emotional because your thoughts about it and your fixation on it is emotional. And I practice this every day, every day. Relax, Elizabeth. It does not need to get an emotional reaction because you're on hold for 20 minutes. So you're on hold. Okay. Respond to emails while you wait. Shop online while you wait. Read a book while you wait. You don't have to be emotional about it. Calm down. Smile more. Packing for your family vacation does not need to induce stress. You can. It is possible, believe it or not, to take it step by step, to do one thing at a time, And at best, be excited about your preparations. And at worst, neutral, not emotional, not chaotic. It is possible when the kids are sick and the house is a mess to be grateful for your family and to do one thing at a time and to be grateful for your ability to care for them. 
instead of adding to the chaos with your reaction to it. It is possible to breathe and stay calm and put a smile on your face and laugh at how damn dramatic you've been and free yourself from that reaction moving forward. When you overindulge all weekend and wake up feeling like a float in the Macy's Day Parade, it is possible to not be dramatic about that. To just, it is what it is, that's how I feel, and be grateful for a new day and a chance to make a change that's going to make you feel better. When you're stuck in traffic, you know, I do this all the time. And because I moved back to New England and there wasn't a lot of traffic in North Carolina where I was for 16 years, but holy Toledo, there's traffic every day up here. And so I practice being grateful for my safety. Yeah, I'm sitting here in the car, but you know what? I'm safe. So that's that's huge. And I can listen to a podcast and being upset about it isn't going to get me there faster. But now I've got two problems. I'm stuck in traffic and I'm upset. When you're waiting on hold on the phone, be grateful for the opportunity to practice not being emotional about it, not creating drama and chaos by your reaction. When you're frustrated with your body, see that as an opportunity to practice not being emotional about it. When you're tempted to turn to food to escape from your day, use it as an opportunity to practice recognizing the reactions that maybe contributed to that feeling that you want to escape from. And reminding yourself that overeating is part of creating drama, right? It's part of that dramatic reaction that creates chaos. Breathe. Slow down. It is not normal or healthy or the only way to be aggravated and keyed up in response to every little thing. You don't need to take everything in your life to level 10, Your pace doesn't always have to be level 10. Your thoughts don't always have to be level 10. Your emotions don't always have to be level 10. You can practice calming down, chilling out, relaxing, breathe, take a walk, have sex, laugh at yourself. This is a skill that is not only going to help with your food choices, it's going to make you happier. It's going to make you more pleasant to be around. It's going to make you more resilient, right? Practice the perspective of, wait, I'm going to give this an emotional reaction? No, this is exactly what Elizabeth meant. This doesn't require an emotional reaction or really any reaction at all. So it is what it is. And I'm going to save my emotion for the things that really merit emotion. And that's not losing my keys or burning my breakfast or having too many cookies. These are the kinds of coaching cues and reminders what we're talking about in today's episode that I, on a daily basis, am reminding my fat loss fast track clients of and reminding my one-on-one clients of that like, hey, it's food, right? It's waiting on hold. It's a bad day at work. It doesn't require an emotional reaction, but the more you choose it, the more you'll continue to choose it. These are the kinds of things we need to be reminded of that I wish somebody had been around reminding me of when I was 14 years old and stressed about everything under the sun, which translated into 24 years old and stressed about everything under the sun. Relax. Breathe. Not everything requires an emotional reaction or a stress response. The next Fat Loss Fast Track, speaking of that and these kinds of coaching cues that I'm giving them every single day because I am in those groups and active and responding seven days a week for the duration of our 12 weeks. The next Fat Loss Fast Track kicks off on July 9th, which seems like a long way away, but it is not. 
In fact, I am opening up registration to the waitlist in just two weeks. So if you are interested in learning more about the Summer Fat Loss Fast Track, what it is, how it works, and you want to be on that waitlist to get a shot at um, registering before I open up to the masses if it doesn't sell out on the waitlist, you can head over to the show notes page for this episode over on primalpotential.com and I will link to the waitlist over there as well as you can find that waitlist at primalpotential.com forward slash shop. If you click on the Fat Loss Fast Track, the waitlist will be up until I open registration and then after I close registration, I will put up a waitlist for the fall. Anyway, I hope you guys can take this to heart and really work on toning down that emotional reaction. Instead of white knuckling it and trying not to turn to food, how about we try to not create that feeling or those cluster of feelings that we always want to escape from and avoid. Love you guys. Talk to you soon. Have a great day. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.